So we've been doing a series dubbed the Rapture Series. And today I'll speak to you on a very strange title. Um, when you die. When you die. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask for your wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Let the information that will come out of this message become a revelation to us. And let this revelation bring us elevation in life. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, the Raptor series has been very amazing. I go back home and play the, the video to myself and I get blessed. When you preach and you get blessed, it tells you that others are really getting blessed. Amen. And today I'm speaking on the subject, when you die. When you die. We all fear to die. The older you get, you realize you are getting so close to death. And you start thinking about it. But actually, it's not only old people who die. Young people also die. So, death is inevitable. It is the only thing you can change in life. Some will die at 80. Some will die at 40. Some will die at 90. Some will die at 30. But what happens when you die? Job 14 verse 14. Our introductory scripture. Job 14 verse 14. From the NIV. If someone dies, would they live again? If someone dies, would they live again? The question about life after death is what almost every religion is trying to to explain and trying to establish and trying to find out what happens when we die but one of the things that i have realized studying various religions is that almost every religion accepts that there is life after death where we disagree is where you spend your life after death where you spend it how you spend it today i'm going to just in the next few minutes try to take a position and teach you something i believe that is very important and very crucial jesus himself tried to answer this question and we'll be focusing on jesus's views on life after death We all live to be a, want to be to live to be a hundred. When you are celebrating your birthday, people come to you and say, "Oh, live to be hundred, live to be hundred, live to be hundred. Well, let's not deceive ourselves. Most of us will not live to be hundred. Most of us will not live to be hundreds. Hundred. I want to live to be hundred, but I don't know what I'll be doing when I'm hundred. Well, probably. Blessing your marriages at 100, you'll be so boring. I just come here and say, Where is the ring? Yeah. You know, but you are only afraid to die because you are not sure what will happen to you after death. For me, as a Christian, I am not afraid to die at all because I know what will happen after death. 
I live on and continue to live on because my assignment is not completed. There are several leaders I need to impart and bring to the saving knowledge of Jesus. There are several young people who need to hear and discover the purpose for which God has created them. So I may live a bit longer to fulfill that assignment. But let, but let me, all of us will die. But when we die, will we live again? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, if you have any way to underline the word spirit or highlight the word spirit, please do that. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So man is a three-dimensional being. You have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. When you die, your body goes back to the dust. All of us here, no matter who you are, one day you will die and this body will go back to the dust. Your spirit will go back to God. But your soul will live on. Your soul will live on. But the big question is, where will your soul live? Will your soul feel? Will your soul be able to identify yourself? Will you be able to identify people when you die and your soul leaves the body? When that spirit takes, it's death is like the disintegration of the composition of humans. Your body, people will come and stand wherever you hold your, your, your funeral and read all manner of tributes and say all manner of good things about you. Even your enemies will say good things about you. But don't forget, it doesn't take tributes for God to determine where your soul will be. I'll be trying to establish by the end of this message that this the flesh that we spend money we spend 99.9 percent of our time trying to please this flesh will be left here will go nowhere your spirit which is the bread that god placed in you will go back to god but there's something you don't consider. There's something you don't think about. There's something you don't spend time to grow and to nurture and to build. It is called the soul that will live on after death. Jesus was very kind to give us glimpses of how this soul will live on after death. In most of his parables. But let's choose this very important parable of Jesus. Luke 16 
19 to 31. Luke 16, 19 to 31. There was a rich man, reading from the NIV, who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. Please note there was a rich man who lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the doors came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. Some people call it, some versions, some translations will say Abraham's bosom. But don't even read ahead of me. Let's deal with this issue. Now, first and foremost, I just need to establish that Jesus was not saying that rich people will go somewhere and poor people will go somewhere after death. That's what Jesus was saying. I will, in my conclusion, I will explain why Jesus made that comparison. But hear this. The poor man died and angels came to carry him to Abraham's side. So what is Abraham's side? Where some people believe or let's use Abraham bosom. Some people believe that Abraham bosom is the place where those who die in Christ go to wait for the final judgment when Christ, Christ comes in his glory. Last week I taught you that the rapture is not the second coming of Christ. It is the appearance of Christ in the skies. Trumpet will sound. And the death in Christ will rise. And those of us who are alive, who are born again, spirits filled and serving the Lord in purity, will also be caught up and will meet the Lord. He will not come to the earth. But the second coming of Christ is actually the day of judgment, the judgment day. Some believe that the souls of Christians who have served the Lord very well, who have led a good life, who have, led, who have protected their salvation, who are worked at their own salvation with fear and trembling, who are not in church today pretending to be angels, but taking people's husbands, teaching people's, taking people's wives and cheating in their offices and, and smoking weed and alcohol and come to church and pretend that they are angels. No, 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 that's what Jesus, Jesus is talking, the Bible is talking about, Jesus was talking about people of pure heart, pure hands. Clean hands and pure hearts. The angel of the Lord will take them to Abraham's side. Some people believe that, okay, it's where we go to wait on the final day and they will be transferred to heaven. Some people believe that, no, 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 that's the final destination. Some people believe that when Jesus said to the, um, on the cross, to one of the people who were being crucified with him, that today you will meet me in paradise, Jesus was referring to this same place, the bosom of Abraham. If we take that, the people describe it, a very nice place with parks, peaceful life. Once you enter there, you know that on the judgment day, you are going to heaven. The only thing that you'll be judged on is that you're going to be judged according to the work you did for Jesus. Whether you should be given a crown or not. 
So actually, some of us will be in heaven and will not have crowns. And you will meet other people with crowns. You will feel embarrassed. Like me, the way I preach and travel ac across the nations preaching the gospel. If you meet me in heaven and I have no crown, it means I did something wrong. So I'll be very embarrassed to see you. So I'm fighting for a crown in heaven. Are, are you here with me? I'm really, really, really trying. Jesus, show me my assignment and let me do it well. So I don't just come to heaven, but I will come to heaven with crowns. There are five crowns in heaven. And I, I want to get all of them. But sometimes when I read about what Paul and Peter and Co. did, I still feel I'm not doing enough. There are people who meet me and say, Bishop, you are all over the place, you are doing well, but I just go into the Bible and I feel I'm still not doing well. I must do more. So there is Abraham's bosom or Abraham's side or Abraham or paradise. Whatever it is, whether it's a place that you will be waiting for the rapture to take place of the judgment, you'll be waiting for judgment to take place so that you can be transferred to heaven or not. That is not the most important thing. The most important thing is that your soul must wait at Abraham's side. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Whether it's the final heaven or a temporal place, a holding room, before Jesus comes to judge the world, whatever it is, just make sure you won't miss it. Don't spend your time on disputable matters. I have no time to dispute with someone whether that place is the final destination of the righteous or we will go to heaven, heaven, heaven. Whatever it is, there is a destination for a righteous. And so I want to make sure I don't meet that destination. I am not ready for any other argument apart from the fact that I want to make heaven. Are you here? Apart from the fact that I want to make heaven. And I want you to also keep this at the back of your mind. It is useless for you to be spending time coming to church, serving in the choir, serving in audiovisual, serving in prayer warriors, serving in any capacity of the church, or even being a bishop if you are not heavily conscious. If you don't think that life will come to an end one day, if you don't imagine that going home today, you could be knocked down by a car and you will die. I am not confessing negative. I am not a prophet of doom. I am telling you reality. People die. People go to Easter convention, go and pray and fast. And on their way coming, they get accident. They die from Easter convention. And yet that same night, some people went to disco, got drunk, booze on Good Friday. And drove home on Holy Saturday dawn. And didn't die. Forget all these things. You will live to be a hundred. Forget all these things. I am young. I was told my 27 year old economist died just like that. My, my, my nephew died three or four years ago. My brother-in-law Edmund, in his 40s, died. The mother is in her 80s. She's still alive. 
When my nephew died, my mother was in her 80s. She kept crying. She was saying, why didn't death come for me? Why this young boy? We all have our destinies. When you would die, nobody can say. So that is why consistently you must make sure that your soul is ready to be in, on Abraham's side. All these things we do, all these things we do is useless if our mindset is not on heaven. All this work I do as a bishop will be the most useless effort I have ever put in life if I am not doing this for a crown in heaven. Are you here with me? Do you understand where I'm going? Well, if you don't want to make heaven, this church is not your church. Now, next Sunday, I will teach on the subject between heaven and hell. Between heaven and hell. And I'll show you the characteristics of hell and the characteristics of heaven. But today, let me just quickly focus on this and try to close as soon as I can. Verse 22. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. And the rich man also died and was buried. Angels did not carry him. What Jesus was teaching was in saying that rich men will go to hell and poor people will go to heaven. So don't justify your poverty. But what Jesus was trying to say is that it, who you are on earth will not determine how you spend eternity. Are you here with me? Jesus was saying, if you sacrifice all your time looking for wealth without seeking him, it will not take you to heaven. Buy us everything. Get pay, the, be the biggest tight payer in this church. That is not a guarantee that you will go to heaven. I know people who do 419 and pay big tight thinking that they can bribe God. No! It doesn't bribe God. I know people who make money and build chapels for the Lord. That is not, that will not take you to heaven. It is good that you have built a chapel for the Lord. But that is not what takes you to heaven. This rich man didn't make heaven. He didn't make heaven. Whatever we do for God will not take us to heaven. Until you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior and live a holy and a righteous life before the Lord. Now let me tell you this. For anybody who is a true born again believer to say that it is so difficult to be holy is actually questioning the grace and the mercies of God. You see, when you become a Christian, immediately you are declared righteous. Now, righteousness is holiness enabler. You see, God puts you in a position where you can lead a holy life. Righteousness is passive. Holiness is active. So immediately you become born again, God makes you righteous. And hear this. 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit comes to live in the inside of you. God is so amazing. God sets up a standard and then after setting up the standard, realizes that man cannot meet his standard. So he decides to come and live in man so that he himself can meet his own standard through man. I have been born again since I was 14 years old. I have been consistent. I have served the Lord because I have come to understand that there is an enabler in the inside of me that will help me meet God's standard. If I decide to sin, I decide to deviate from God's standard, it is my choice, not because it was difficult. Now I'll show you something very soon. I show you something very soon. Verse 23. In Hades, other translations say hell. Theologians believe that they should not have translated it hell, but let's go with hell. You see, Jesus preached a very, very simple message. Theologians made it complicated. In Hades, where he was in torment. So there's a place called Abraham's side and a place called Hades. This man didn't go to Abraham's side. He went to Hades. And the first thing Jesus said about Hades was that we both say he was in torment. What kind of torment was it? Yeah. And you see, he looked up and saw. He looked up and saw. So, so when you die and your soul lives on, you are conscious. You can see things. You act. He, he looked up and saw far away. He looked up, looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So actually when you die, when you see somebody you know, you can see the person. Your soul will live on. Your soul is conscious. Your soul is aware of who you are. You, you, I mean, nothing really changes. The only thing you live is that you leave your body and you live on. And I'm going to show you how useless it is for you to be, sp to be spending all your time trying to satisfy this body that you will live and leave the soul that will live on. That will live on. Hmm. Now hear this. So he called to him, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. As you used to sing a song, I'm tormented, I'm tormented in the flame. Dip your finger in the water, come and put on my tongue, cause I'm tormented in the... No, these songs, we don't sing them, we don't sing them again. We don't sing them again, they are not popular. We don't sing them again. We don't sing them again. Oh, as you will be dancing. I'm tormented, I'm tormented in the flip. And you can sing this for so many hours, <laughs> long hours. You are singing, I'm tormented, I'm tormented in the flip. I'm singing some old songs to my children uh, uh, about rapture. And I was singing, um, um, After earth, we shall be transported to heaven. What for? For holidays. Eternally, we'll be singing merrymaking every day on the streets of gold for holidays. Eternally, 
Most of you here, you haven't heard this song before. You haven't heard any of these songs before. One of the most popular contemporary gospel songs that we used to sing, um, uh, Reverend Leslie Telbobasa was popular with that song. Um, it won't be long. We'll be going home. Can the years as months? You know, those, those were the songs we lived on. And you, when you leave church and you are going home, you know, you know that there is a better home somewhere and you should be preparing yourself to get to that place. And your hope, your hope was never in riches and in jobs. And in your hope, your only hope was that one day Jesus will come. One day when you die, you will appear and be by the Lord. Hmm. So he called him, dip your hands, adjust him. So look, look at the place of torment. So testy. And you're going to be testy forever. Oh, forever, forever, forever. So if I tell the ushers to close these doors and nobody should go, I don't buy what I don't do anything. Some of you will say, human rights. I have the right to quality water at any time, anywhere. In hell, you don't have that right. Not even, not even somebody dipping his finger and dropping the water on your tongue. No. No. You won't have that. Can I advise you to do something? Can you keep yourself thirsty from now to about 6 p.m.? Just feel it. Just feel how difficult it is. You, you see, and this man was asking for just what a whole rich man who I believe had several beers in his, in his fridge, um, whiskey sitting somewhere, all manner of liquids here. Sitting somewhere. Now he's begging, begging that that poor Lazarus who had soul all over his body, that dogs were, were licking. Now the man just needs that poor Lazarus. Don't even wash your hand. That I don't even clear the soul from your hand. Just dip your hands in that water and just drop it on my tongue. That's what the Bible says, that do not be deceived. For God is not mocked. For whatever you sow, you reap. When, you see, God has a sense of humor. When you come here and you pretend to be Christians, and you, you, your public life is different from your, your public appearance, is different from your private life, God laughs in heaven. He makes mockery of you. He just sits up there and makes mockery of you. He laughs at you. So who are you deceiving? We are all naked before him as we sit here. Nothing is hidden before him. And he's going to judge all of us. God is such a fair God. I'm telling you, buddy. <laughs> now he said, because, because I am in agony in this fire. So whatever that Hades, there was fire there. Whether it is, some people say that it is hell. And hell will be cast into the lake of fire. So, um. Um, um, people who die without Christ are kept in hell. Hell is like a refuse dump. And there's fire burning there already. 
fire in Soweto. Many, many people. So there's fire there already. So when you go to disco, eh, and people are smoking, and they are smoking, there's smoke all over the place. Don't be surprised, hell is already manifesting itself. Oh, some time ago, somebody came to tell me there used to be a popular nightclub in one of the buildings here, not the one on this junction, which I'm going to dislocate very soon, but um, somewhere. And uh, who have a Friday evening miracle service. God will move, the power of God will come down deep inside from prophecies. People will be there. Then after the service, they drive to the discos. And somebody came to tell me, I saw your church members. After service, go and see their cars there. They say, oh, daddy, if you like, eh, if you like, one Friday when you close, you go and pass there. You will see their cars there. I'm going, to, I'm going to show, I'll read a scripture to you right now. I'm going to read a scripture to you right now. I said, well, Jesus said, a farmer went to cast out his seed. Some fell on hard grounds. Some fell by the roadside. Some fell on good soil. Some fell among tongues. Only 25% of the, of the seed actually bore fruit. I said, I'm not deceiving myself. Only 25% of people who hear what I preach will actually take it to heart. And I'm telling you, there are 75% of you who forget this message when you get out there. You are actually going to walk out from here with your girlfriend to sleep with a girlfriend today. You are walking out of this service into the house of your boyfriend. You are walking out of this service into the hands of a married man. You're walking out of this service. You don't care about what I preach. But I pray that you are not among these 75. I pray for you that you are not among these 75. You will continue to steal from your office. You will continue to cheat. You will continue to inflate figures. You will continue to do all these things even though you call yourself a Christian. And then suddenly, the Lord will come. Suddenly. Suddenly. But Abraham replied, son, son, Abraham said, I still have a relationship with you. You are son. But remember that in your lifetime, now hear this, oh, remember that in your lifetime, you received your good things. Whilst Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are there in agony. Please, the comfort you have here, you cannot transfer it to afterlife. You leave it here. I was talking to one woman, very rich woman. He's, he's gone. Uh, he's dead now. She's dead now. And she said to me, man of God, the way I have enjoyed here on earth, if I miss heaven, it will really worry me. I said, make sure that you don't exchange your soul for wealth. For wealth. Now here, here, here. And besides, beside all this, Between us and you, a great chasm, a, a great hole, big hole. So wherever your soul would be, if somebody is in heaven, you, if somebody is in Abraham's side, let me be careful what, what I say. So if somebody is in Abraham's side, whatever that Abraham's side means, whatever that Abraham's bosom means, if a righteous person is there, he will see you in hell. Hello. Are you there? Brother prayer warrior. <laughs> you, you find yourself there. 
Brother Protocol Officer, Sister, <laughs> Sister Singer, Brother Singer, Brother Audiovisual, <laughs> Brother. <laughs> hey, can you imagine say, what could heaven now? Who are now? What's a fair account? What's a fair account? See, Charlie, Bishop will see that I'm in hell. Bishop will see. <laughs> Satan will say, Where are you going? So I'm dodging from my bed. Come on, come on, go and stand there and, and, and suffer. <laughs> when he was preaching and talking to you, you were making mockery of his sermons. When he was preaching and telling you, you were saying that that idiot, he doesn't know. He married Ellie. He married Ellie. Those of us who are not married, he doesn't know what we feel, why we feel, why we feel. Please feel it. Feel it. Hell is waiting for you. Next Sunday, between heaven, heaven and hell, I'll show you. And I'll show you how to go to hell. I'll teach you how to go to hell. And I'll teach you how to go to heaven. And I'll ask you to make a choice. Now here, so those who want to go from here to you cannot. Nor can anyone cross over from there to us. When you die, that is the end. If you go to hell, you are there. If you go to Abraham's side, you are there. No crossing. No zebra crossing. No bridge. And that song comes to mind. There is a big gutter. No bridge, no bridge, no bridge. <laughs> when you die, you can't go from hell to heaven. Oh, we grew up on these songs. We are very cautious. We were very cautious. We didn't have money, but we were content. Because we saw another world. We saw another world bigger than our walls. We saw another, another house bigger than our heads. We were looking forward. And I still look forward. And I still look forward to the coming of the Lord. I still not look, look at this. He answered, I beg you, 27, Father, Send Lazarus to my family. Oh, he, he still has the rich man's mentality, even in hell. Send Lazarus to my family. <laughs> Can you send Lazarus to my family, please? Send Lazarus to my family. For I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. So there is Abraham's side and a place of torment. You have to make a choice where you want to, where you want to spend your life after you are dead. I am stating again, whether Abraham's side is the final destination or we are going to be kept there until the judgment day and will be transferred to heaven or is the final destination. I don't care. What I care about is that my soul must be on Abraham's side. Your soul must be on Abraham's side. Not in the place of torment. Yeah. Abraham replied, Abraham replied, Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. So the key word here, repent, they will repent. So the man is saying that I did not repent. Abraham said to him that they have Moses. They have the prophets. They will speak to them like they spoke to you. He said, yeah, 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 Abraham. But I did not repent. But if somebody from the dead goes to them and speak to them, they will repent. So the key word here is repentance. The man had the gospel, had the prophet, had Moses, had all those people. And yet he did not repent. 
Like some of you have heard me and heard me and heard me and have become familiar with me. I've become so familiar with the things I teach. So you hear me, you don't repent. Oh, when thy soul departs, when thy soul departs, Father Abraham will tell you. Now you remember what it you have preached. You remember it? The one that after preaching you rebelled. The one that after hearing him, that was where you even hardened your heart. See, he said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophet, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. I'm telling you, there are some of you here, it's not because the preacher is bad. It's because you are so bad, even if God sends somebody from the dead to come and tell you, Charlie, I just came from hell. Oh. I am just coming from hell, only to come and tell you hell is real. Change, stop chasing the woman. Stop cheating on your wife. Stop teaching on your husband. Stop stealing from your office. Stop um, the arrogance. Stop the gossip. Stop the lies. Stop those things. You won't mind. You won't mind the person. Because sin can be so addictive. You can get to a place where your conscience is seared with hot iron. No matter what you hear, you will not change. Because your conscience is seared with hot iron. And yes, some, some of you, I look at you and I say, this one, the conscience is here, what are your Holy Ghost? Take over from here. Yeah, some of you, I'm actually not pastoring you. Holy Ghost is pastoring you. So when you come here and I'm preaching, he preaches to you too. And if he cannot convict you of sin, then nobody can. So even if I send someone from here, they will not listen. Why is it so difficult for people to repent? Let me conclude on this. So I take a bit of about 30 minutes of your time. Let me, not, not 30 minutes from now. I mean, so we'll close at like, like 12 o'clock instead of uh, usual 11.30. By the kind courtesy of Mr. and Mrs. The same name is what? Okay, let me say Mr. and Mrs. Verdict, at least. That, that one. The other one is tones. I need the gift of interpretation to be able to. Now, now, listen. Can you move on to the next slide? Let me show you something. So, this is you. This is you. This is you. I want to show you something. This is you. So I'm using here man means woman and this thing. Then. So you have a spirit, soul, and a body. Now, let me start with the spirit. Job 32, verse 8, King James Version. But there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. God is a spirit. So he communicates with your spirit. The purpose of the human spirit is to be able to have communication with God. Okay? That's the purpose of the human spirit. God created man to have fellowship with him. So he put his spirit in man. He put a spirit in man. When you become born again, the Holy Ghost comes to dwell in this human spirit. And from there, the Holy Ghost begins to work in your life. Okay, so that is there. So keep that at the back of your mind. And then you also have a soul. Matthew 16, 26 has, from the NIV, look at this. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, like this rich man, and yet forfeit his soul, lose his soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for the soul? How can you give sex in exchange for your soul? How can you let anybody buy your soul with money? 
All these Sakawa things going on. It's the exchange of soul with money. 419, exchange of soul with money. Stealing, exchange of your soul with money. Exchange of your soul with money. With money. But the whole world cannot buy this soul. Your soul is so expensive that the whole world cannot buy it. So why are you allowing five minutes sex to buy it? Why are you allowing thousand cities, ten thousand chobo <laughs> to buy it? I mean, I, 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 why? Why are you allowing that to buy it? Your soul, your soul, your soul, the one that will live on after you are dead. Now let me show you why most people don't repent. It's in the body. Here, here. Galatians 5.17 For the flesh, another name for the body is flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. You see? Now here. And the spirit is what is contrary to the flesh. You see, the word spirit here, they use capital letter for S. So it's running to the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Now your flesh, when you become a Christian, eh? So all this nonsense about one saved forever saved one saved forever saved please 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 let me show you something the spirit what is is and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so so the holy spirit that comes to live in your spirit has a conflict with your body and the purpose of the conflict is to take over the soul So when you get born again, your flesh does not get born again. The only time your flesh will be redeemed is at the resurrection. Where you'll be given what we call the glorified body. There is no sin in the glorified body. But right now as we sit here, there is sin here. Desire for sex. Desire for alcohol. Desire everything. When you become born again, they don't leave. They are here. They are still here. They don't leave. Now once I start allowing the flesh... To conquer the spirit in the battle and the flesh takes over the soul all of you will start hearing that i'm cheating on mommy he daddy with some girl we saw daddy with some girl in the car because the flesh has taken over and i'm walking myself to hell you know why you can't stop sinning? no you can't you can repent you are too fleshy you are too carnal all this thing i'm preaching is annoying you is this foolishness to you because the message of the gospel is foolishness to the carnal mind. To those who are perishing. To those who are perishing. You are so fleshy. So fleshy. When, when I meet people in conflict and you can't use the Bible to solve their problem, you leave them. Too fleshy and pray for them. If the Bible cannot solve your problem, if you can't find solutions, in, I've heard Christians say, "Me the Bible better change now. know I I'll put Bible aside, and you will see me." There are people who can fight right now after this service outside there. They can fight. All those of you who look at women's back when you come to church, the boys here, it's all. Oh, it shows that. It shows. It shows that. It shows that the body has taken over the soul. And it becomes difficult to repent. That's why you come to say, oh, this is my weakness. It's my weakness. Please, it's not called weakness. It's a sin. The name is a sin. No matter how you dress sin, it's a sin. 
My, my father has this very popular saying. It's very popular saying. Oh, your okra, ekwa brochi bakura, obesumiyao. If we take a cat from the Zongo to White House, it will still cry meow. It will not change its sound. Well, as far as you are fleshy, no matter what we preach, you will never change. As far as you allow the flesh to control you and win over the spirit, you will never be able to repent. No matter the sermons you hear, you will never be able to repent. Do you know what will make you repent? When you begin to grow the spirit. That's why becoming a Christian is only the beginning. You need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The fundamentals of working out your own salvation, prayer, the study of the word, and service to God. Consistent prayer to grow your spirit. Consistent study of the word to grow your spirit. And finally, service to God. It grows you as well. I was telling a group of people, a group of pastors I trained yesterday, and I was telling them, throughout my whole life as a Christian, I grew up at a time where there was a revival in Ghana. Then there was the introduction of prophecies and deliverance. All the prophecies you see today, they are no prophecies though. They used to be very powerful prophecies. And at Abraka, and most of these things were happening around Circle and Kokomimli. And I grew up in Adabraka. And you will see most of my friends going for deliverance. Some of them going for prophetic meetings. 21 days all night. They will go. I never attended any of those things. I never went to deliverance. I never went to see any prophet. I was so confident that my commitment to the study of God's word my commitment to prayer and purity is a guarantee, a sure guarantee for divine protection and a sure guarantee of a firm foundation. He that hear these words of mine and put them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Not he that hears a prophecy. And I was telling them that surprisingly, all those who went to all those prophetic meetings and all those deliverance services are still struggling. And I'm here. I haven't had any major prophecy over my life. I think on my graduation day at the Bible school, I was the last person to be called. Not because I was last, but because my name starts with T of T. T is very, very far away in the uh, alphabetical order. So the President of the school just prophesied on me. That is the only major prophecy I remember has been given into my life. And yet, I fulfilled the prophetic word of God on my life by reading the scriptures every day, building a solid, solid Christian life. Listen, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I'm a Christian first before I'm a bishop. If I'm not a good Christian, I cannot be a good bishop. I'm a Christian first before I'm a husband. If I am not a good Christian, I cannot be a good husband. I'm a Christian first before I'm a father. There's no way I can be a good father if I'm not a Christian first. I'm a Christian first before I'm a boss. I cannot be a good boss if I'm not a good Christian. The spiritual controls the physical. 
I am, listen, listen, listen to me carefully. I'm assuming that everybody here is a Christian. The only thing is that you are allowing the flesh to take over you. Can you get me Romans, I think eight or so, Romans eight. Can you get it on the screen? Just take this off the screen and let me just close. Let me just close. Let me just close now and then you guys can take your pictures and then. So you've had a sermon. Buddy, to be evil, Todia. To be a good husband, you have to be a good Christian. There is no other way. Hilda, bear on your own Submit my Christ or your power. This is why your Christ on You have to be a good Christian to be a good wife. That is all. Focus on building your spiritual life. Other things will fall in place for you. Other things will fall in place for you. I am not saying that pray and fast and do nothing. I am saying that if the prayer is a true prayer, it will wake you up into work and you will do it well. I pray a lot, but I work very hard. I work very, very hard. My office, we don't have time for closing because I don't close. And some people feel, hey, daddy is still in the office. Let's not go. Let's hang around. I don't close. Now, hear this. There is, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Not those who are in church, but those who are in Christ. Verse 2. Those who are in Christ. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. I preached a message here some time ago. Seven people in church, but not in Christ. You can be in church without being in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. If you notice that your old self is still with you, you haven't changed, you are still a creator, you are still Kwamanayao, you are still who you are, you have not changed, still quick-tempered, still this thing. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Something must change. If nothing has changed, if nothing has changed, you are not yet in Christ. You are in church. I want you to make a choice to be in Christ today. I want to pray for you. And I want you to make a choice. I want to be in Christ. I don't want to be in church. I want to be in Christ. I want to be in Christ. I want to be in Christ. I don't want to be in church. If you want to be in Christ, not in church, come forward here. Let me pray for you. Come forward here. Let me pray for you. I'm not asking anybody to close their eyes. Because if you are ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ before men, he will be ashamed of you before his father. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Don't sit down there. Just come forward. Come forward here. Continue to clap for them as they are coming. Continue. You want, to, you want to be in Christ, not in church. You want to be in Christ, not in church. Come here right now. Let me pray for you. Come here right now. Let me pray for you. Come here right now. Let me pray for you. You want to be in Christ, not in church. Come here. I want to pray for you. Is your name in the book of life? Is your name in the book of life? Can you give the microphone, please? 
come here right now. There are still more people seated here. Today is your day of salvation. Do not harden your heart. Remember what Abraham said to the rich man. He said that they had Moses. They had the prophets. But he did I want to pray for you right now. Jesus loves you so much. He doesn't want you to go to the place of coming. He's giving you the opportunity right now. He's giving you the opportunity right now. Give your life to him. Give your life to Jesus. He will change your life. He will change your life. He will change your life and deliver you from going to that place of torment. Give your life to Jesus. Don't let today go. Don't let today go. There are so people sitting. There are so people sitting who must give their life to Jesus. I hear God telling you, come here. I hear God telling you, come here. Don't sit down there. Yeah, I know your friends are here. Forget about them. On the judgment day, there will be no friends. There will be no friends on the judgment day. Is your name in this book of life? Yeah. Is your name in this book of life? 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 Thank you pastor here is going to pray whatever he says say it after him and ask Jesus to come into your heart and be your Lord and your Savior your life will not be the same your life will change so understand there's a second offering who are those singing, which choir is singing pleasant voices, so move up pleasant voices but these people will be coming to take your seat so move up so pastor will pray say these words after him okay do that the microphone two amen shall we close our eyes see dear lord jesus i come before you today just as I am father I understand that I am a sinner please forgive me for all my sins come into my heart be my Lord and personal Savior from this day forward if I live I live for you and if I die I die for you help me to walk in your word help me to live according to your word in Jesus' name we pray thanksgiving. Amen. Amen.